Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast from our December luncheon. Uh, if you missed the luncheon, this was another fantastic luncheon because we had a special guest, Eddie Huff. Eddie Huff was born on a military base in West Germany and grew up far away from the social unrest of America in the 60s and 70s. He became a missionary and a Christian evangelism specialist. In recent years, Eddie has been a fixture in the Tulsa business community, with his insurance company being his focus over the last several years. He just recently finished a six-year talk radio career as well. So uh, that intro does a little bit of a a good job explaining who Eddie is. But as you listen to his message, he actually goes a lot deeper into his past and his history. And I'm going to tell you right now, I could sit down and listen to Did I Tell You About the Times from Eddie Huff uh, for a long time. He's got a lot of great stories and talks a little bit about belief in yourself and, and what true success looks like. And that's right along the lines of what we're trying to communicate here uh, with the Young Businessmen of Tulsa and with the podcast. So tune in, listen to it multiple times. Uh, let us know what you think. And don't forget to like the podcast and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate your support. Share it with your friends. Uh, help us get the word out. So let's join Eddie and listen to his message to young business leaders. Uh, every time I hear that stuff, I, I wonder who that guy is they're talking about, because uh, if I didn't live it, I wouldn't believe it myself. But uh, no, um, I, I feel what I, what I need to do. By the way, uh, this feels more like a Christian businessman of Tulsa meeting than a young businessman meeting of Tulsa. But uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, when I see all of the other people that have spoken and are about to speak, uh, in the future, I always wonder, man, why am I here? You know, because uh, I, I really don't feel I've really uh, done that much. But uh, if there's anything that anyone can glean from my life, uh, I'm, I'm happy to allow that. But yeah, my story goes way back. I was born in a little village uh, outside of Nuremberg, Germany. And what happened, uh, my mother was actually in the German Air Force during World War II, the Luftwaffe. And uh, she used to drive trucks for the Luftwaffe. And uh, she was from a town, uh, Nuremberg. And she and her uh, school friend were drafted into the uh, German Air Force uh, to be truck drivers. They were the only women in this uh, German uh, Air Force battalion. And uh, they were running as the war was drawing to a close. They were trying to flee the American troops coming across. And they. the, the rest of the guys, they were afraid of what would happen if they were captured, and so they, they discharged them, they let them go home, she and her friend. And she told me the stories about how they would travel at night along railroad tracks because they were afraid of being seen and, and captured, so they would uh, sleep during the day in barns and, and, and then travel along railroad tracks home. Uh, 
during the night, and uh, she made it. At the same time this was going on, my father was, uh, he's three years younger, was three years younger than my mom, and he's, uh, you know, doing what kids did in uh, Jim Crow, Mississippi at the time. He's, uh, uh, he went to, a, to school, he was still in high school there in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, and uh, had no clue of what was about to happen. When he was 18, he joined the uh, army and ended up being transferred to Germany. At that time, the military was still segregated up until 1951. Uh, President Truman finally integrated the army, or the military. And so my dad, uh, it was interesting because what they did at that time, it's kind of like with Reconstruction. Uh, what, the, what the military did, or the American people in power, they decided to stick a finger in the eye of the Nazis so what they did, they put all black troops in this Hitler strongholds. Uh, say, we, we've got your super race, okay? <laughs> and so, so that's what they did. They, they put all the, so if you ever go to Bavaria, you're gonna see a whole lot of black Germans running around. And uh, I was one of those. So anyway, uh, uh, as, as uh, Matt said, I, uh, at seven years old, we ended up going from Germany to Philadelphia to the project, and I adapted very quickly. Uh, I was not only, uh, did not only join a gang, I was leading a gang uh, within a month of being there. And uh, gang fighting, I mean, just imagine, you know, second graders, you know, I mean. And, uh, but we thought we were pretty tough, so. Anyway, but uh, throughout it all, I grew up going back and forth between uh, integrated, segregated uh, communities, so back to Philadelphia, New Jersey, and then ended up graduating high school in Germany. But uh, then I went to Texas Tech, and uh, I was one of the first 50 black students at Texas Tech, 1969, and um, one of the first uh, four black football players uh, at Texas Tech. So I get to my dormitory, and I'm going to try to wrap all this up and show how it relates to everything else. But so I get to my dormitory my first day, and I was supposed to have a roommate. I had a semi-private room, and ended up getting a private room because when the, the, my roommate found out I was black, he didn't want a room with me, he, so he, he got another room. And so I ended up getting a private room for semi-private costs. And uh, throughout, I became uh, vice president of the Black Student Union. I helped uh, found the charter chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha University there, at, which is a black frat at uh, Texas Tech. I'm one of the founding members of that. Became president uh, my senior year. And uh, became pretty much a black radical. Now there's another side to me. I was also the drug dealer on campus. Uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you all, just to show you what, what uh, you know, you look at this, you, him? You know, but, yes, him. Uh, and uh, I went through all of this, and then I, uh, and this is another one. This, is, this one's even worse, probably. I worked in the BA department where they ran off the exams, and so I had a test ring going on. And, and it was multi-level, by the way. I had people <laughs> under me and under and under, so that it would take them a while to figure out who it was if we ever got caught. But fraternities were really good. Now, some of you don't, 
because you probably bought some of those exams when you were in college, some of you. But no, but no seriously, these are the things that I went through. And so anyway, I, I graduated, had no vision, nothing. I ended up getting, I got my degree, you know, did, always knew what the minimum I needed to do to, to get out of there. Graduated with a 2.1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, got out of there. And uh, but there I was. I was in El Paso, Texas, where my parents were. And, didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I, I met the Lord. I got saved. Little black hippie guy led me to Jesus. And uh, he used to have a, a dope pouch with a Bible in it. And, and so, but here, here, here's what I want to get to. What happened, I, I had a hard time. I didn't trust white people. I didn't trust just people. And, and I was looking, you know, I was looking for somebody to offend me, to show me how they weren't Christian. Ah, look, there he is. There's one. Oh, yep, yep. That's not up, up. Looking for a reason to reject this faith. And, um, and I felt God spoke to me. And he said, look, he said, you're not going to survive like this. He said, there's three things you're going to find out. First of all, you need to get over yourself. Not everything that, uh, not every person that rejects you is rejecting you because of race. Some of them just have issues. You know, what their wife said to them, what their boss did to them. They may be in fear of losing their house, their job. It, it has nothing to do with you. That's just issues they're dealing with. And the next one, he said, number two, there will be people who do have bigotry and, and things. But think about this. You were in Lubbock, Texas for four years, and look at you. Look how messed up you are about the whole race thing. Some of these people, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that that's all they've been taught. So I want to use you to change them. I want to use you to reach them. And then finally, the last ones, these are people that don't like you. They're bigots. They'll die bigots. But for every bit of rejection you get, I will repay it 10 times with love and acceptance from others. And I said, hey, OK, I, that's, that's an offer I can't refuse right there. So I started doing that. And I, that was even probably more transformative for me than coming to Christ, because I came to Christ, but I didn't trust him, and I didn't trust his representative. And, and I use this because, to me, there are universal laws, okay? Gravity. Gravity is a universal law. You can try to defy it, step off a skyscraper, and, and you'll see you can't defy gravity. If you do, it's, a, it's called a miracle. And there are not a whole lot of those going around, <laughs> people stepping off buildings. Uh, inertia is another one. The, the, the laws of thermodynamics, those, these are universal laws set in place. There are other universal laws. And one of those is the law of reciprocity. Uh, in other words, you give, you receive. Okay, You, you sow, you reap. These are just, it, they work for everybody. It's not just Christians. So these, these uniforms, and, and, and the reason I bring this up, when I was in college, I took a business law class, and my professor was really into Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich, master key to riches, these things. And uh, basically, uh, Napoleon Hill very much believed in this. And, and if you think about it, you don't have to be a Christian to see the benefits of giving. If you look, what Napoleon Hill did, he went around studying all of the millionaires and billionaires, the richest, the wealthiest men uh, in America. And, and he wanted to find out what they had in common. 
and that were, there were two things. One, belief, belief that they were going to succeed, and the other one was giving. They were all givers, and, and very, very generous. Now, it didn't matter what they gave to, you know, they didn't give to the SPCA, they were givers to all of these different <clears throat> organizations. Even today, a lot of your big uh, philanthropists, you, you take here, George Kaiser in town and some of these uh, people, they don't give to the things that we give to or we would probably want to give to, but they give. They're, they're very big givers. And so these are all things that I believe are very key to success, to, to being success, to building wealth. Now you have to decide what you want, how much you want, okay? In my case, for example, my idea of a great life was never to become stinking rich. Okay. And so that's the level I said I wanted to raise. The reason I came here, and we were talking about somebody earlier about how Tulsa is this wonderful community and how great, and that's why I came here. Uh, we were in Europe, and we wanted to come back, and we had been offered to go to Nashville to work with a record label or, or Dallas for another label. And I was brought here by Tom Newman, some of you know Impact Productions. And uh, he flew me in from Germany and I stayed a week. And just riding around, I felt this is where you want to raise your kids. We moved here specifically to raise our children. And it was the greatest uh, decision we ever made. All of our kids have grown up and they're very successful in, in all they do. Three of them live outside of the state. One of them is still here. But they're all much more successful than I have been. But that's, that's what my goal was, to, 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 to give my kids a great life, instill things in them, and see them prosper beyond me. And uh, other than that, it's just trying to help kids in Africa, help kids uh, in, in at-risk communities, things like this. These are the things that, that motivate me, and my job is just something that I do to allow me to be able to do that. Now, you may have higher goals. And, and listen, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But two things I think you're going to have to have. To have. And, and if you study the men that were mentioned earlier, the people, the really successful business people, you'll probably learn that it's some of the same principles. They believe they never would give up. When, when we, we left, uh, I was an insurance claims adjuster when we went to Europe and I gave it up. And I had wanted to, I was thinking about going to law school. And my wife said, uh, I'll go to work and I'll support you to go to law school. But we need to pray first and, and see if this is really what God wants. So, so we did, fasted and prayed over a weekend. And that following Monday, I got a letter from this friend of ours who was starting a new ministry overseas, and she asked me to pray about coming over to help her start this thing. And we just felt it was right, so, so we decided to do it. But here's the funny thing, I had doubts. And so I was, I was just praying, and one, after, one uh, Saturday afternoon, I was home and I was laying on my bed, I was praying and just thinking about it. And this song by Bette Midler came on. And, and my big fear was always that I was 30 years old at the time, you're going to be there five years, you're going to come back, and who wants to hire a 35-year-old 
guy, ex-insurance claims adjuster, right? You know, no appreciation. I'm not a, a bricklayer. I'm not a engineer. I don't have, you know, electrical skills. I can talk. That's about all I've got. And so anyway, but so I'm, I'm laying there, and this Bette Midler song comes, The Rose. And, and she says that it's the dream that's afraid of waking that never takes a chance. It's the life that's afraid of living. No, I'm sorry, life that's afraid of dying that never learns how to live. Man, it was just like, God, did you hear that? Did you hear that? You can't be afraid. You say, you're, you're 30 years old. Have I abandoned you? Have I left you? Do you really think that my plan for your life is to leave you penniless and poor? And, and I thought about it. I said, no. I said, okay, then. And that gave me the faith to, to step out and do this. And so we sold everything. We sold everything we had and uh, had a house, cars. And, and there's a funny one. I had this uh, $3,000 stereo system, right? That I worshipped, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, I said, "Man, I've got to sell this thing." But so I, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna sell it for six hundred dollars." And so a guy comes over and he he looks at it. He saw the pictures and I, he looked at it. He said, "Okay, what's wrong with it?" I said, "There's nothing wrong with it." Well, why are you? Why would you sell this for six hundred dollars? I said, "Because I could raise the price." So high, play games with God, so that nobody would buy and say, "Hey, I tried," and uh, and get out of selling it. But so I, uh, all right, he took it, and so we 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 we're in Amsterdam, and uh, I'm actually on this tour. I'm in Austria somewhere, and I call home, and my wife says, "Yes, you'll never believe what happened. Uh, somebody was going to Hawaii, and they have this stereo system, and they said." Uh, do you know anybody that needs this stereo system? They said, no, we don't, but go upstairs to MFM, and they might. And so ended up, I got a free stereo system. And when I left, I gave that away and moved to Germany and got another one. And it was like this, the, I, mean, I know it sounds crazy, but seriously, sometimes, oh, in fact, when, when my wife, we, we did a list of all of the important things. She says, you need a stereo system. I said, are you serious? Uh, you know, there's so many things we need. God doesn't care about a stereo system. And that was the first thing he gave us. So these are things that, that again, what I'm trying to get at is this, okay? Everybody in here is either successful or wants to be successful. But there's two things to faith. Faith is belief, first of all, belief. The second one is trust. Okay? And to me, trust is the really important one. So I can believe something and I can believe in God, but do I trust him? And, that, and that's the real tough one. Because when you trust someone, you've got to stick your neck out sometimes. And, and that's the real, to me, the key of faith. It's like the tightrope walker that was walking across Niagara Falls. And he said, how many believe that I can do this? And everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, we believe. It's okay, who will get on my shoulders when I do it? You know? and, and so they had the belief down but they, they didn't have trust of their lives with this tightrope walker. That's kind of how it is with us in life, you know, with God. Okay, I, and so the times I've quit, I've quit these jobs, I've quit this, I've quit that, I've done these things. And let me tell you, it's frightening, it's scaring, it's scary. 
And, and what I'm saying is there are people here today that I believe are wrestling with decisions of starting a business, expanding a business, making a move, uh, different things like this. And you're probably a little bit apprehensive, maybe afraid. And the, the, it's not bad to be afraid, but at the same time, do you believe it's the right thing? And if you do believe that, and you believe that God is on your side, then you can trust no matter what. And you may fail. I'm not, I'm not saying step out there, you know, step out there. God's got you, you know. Well, even if you fall, he's still got you. But these are the things that, that we have to get to, to really trust in business. And, and again, getting back to the thing, there are these universal laws that if you will do it, if you will continue to believe, if you continue to uh, uh, give and you continue to trust, it's going to work out. It may not be, honestly, I never in a million years would have thought that I will spend 25 years in Tulsa, Oklahoma as an insurance agent when I graduated from Texas Tech. I never imagined I'd be a radio personality. I never imagined so many things that I have done. But these are the things that my life has been led into. So what you do today, especially you young guy, this is the young businessman of Tulsa. Uh, what you're doing now may not really be the thing you end up doing. It may not be the, the thing that really is what you're really going to be good at. But whatever it is, you have to do it with all your heart, trust in God to protect you through it, and then when you do it, do it right, okay? Do it right. And uh, I think that, that's all I can tell you today. My life's been a great life, I have to say that, and, and there's a lot more ahead. I, I don't think I'm done yet. I don't know how much longer I'll be here. Uh, I mean, in Tulsa, not here. <laughs> I don't know that either, but, but I'm just saying, uh, whatever it is, I've learned that I'm not afraid. Okay. And I want to encourage you to, to never, 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 never be afraid to do what you feel in your heart is the right thing to do, okay? Again, I want to thank Matt and all you guys, and, and I really want to encourage, this is so needed in Tulsa, YBT. Thank you guys, and, and, and I do hope and, and pray that uh, this organization continues to grow, and I want to believe a special blessing for everybody in here, okay? Thank you. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.